0: It's your host kevin and uh terrence he should be here shortly but until then um, i'm just gonna talk about some of the things i've i've got going on and how i've been keeping productive to you know past time during these layoffs so you know layoffs are traumatic for everybody but <clears throat> that doesn't mean that you should just sit around uh, moping being depressed or being down you have to find a way to maintain your productivity. And one of the things I've really been doing is focusing on the Coder Conversations website. So if you go to coderconvos.com, you'll see, um, you know, you can watch all the the latest episodes. You can sign up for the newsletter and we're gonna continue to add features. We also have a message board, but that's not uh, ready to be unveiled just yet. And we're still working on the login functionality but you know something i realized is that um you have to start building outside of your current job because if you don't once you get let go you're gonna have nothing to show for it other than you know the little bit of money that you earned so um that's really what i've been um focusing on getting the coder conversations website going you know I want to start developing these um, alternative sources of income. Because otherwise, you know, you just get laid off, and then you're screwed. And as you can see, the, the, the tech industry is very, very unstable. And that's something that a lot of people aren't telling you if, if you wanted to jump in. I'm not here to discourage you, but I'm here to give you the reality of what's going on, you know the company I work for um their stock was increasing they just signed a massive deal but yet there were still layoffs I still got laid off so you know there's no real way to predict these layoffs usually if you hear mergers and acquisitions though that means somebody's getting laid off but all the advice that I've been giving you guys you know I've been applying it and it's it's been helping me in the, in this challenging economy I stay visible on LinkedIn I'm doing things outside of work all of that helps <clears throat> all of that helps you know in, in an economy like this where it's extremely difficult to find a job let's see but yeah guys if you have any questions uh feel free to ask. Let's see. Hey, how's it going uh Alicia? Yeah, no, I got uh, laid off from Broadcom. Uh yeah, I mean, I was working at Caliber last year, but fortunately I was able to leave before they started uh laying everybody off and then you know, I was here at Broadcom for about a year. And uh yeah, I got caught in these layoffs, so Now I'm kind of uh, in between jobs. But yeah, I appreciate you for uh, tuning in. Uh, How have you been doing Alicia? So um, yeah, Terrence, he should be here in a little bit, but yeah, until then. So some of the other things I got going on I'm working on an application with my friends. It's uh an Amazon app. Uh it helps uh sellers on Amazon determine which products are profitable. I got that going on. I have the um Code Combos website. I'm I'm starting to get into merchandise. Um Hold up, give me one second guys. We have a guest that's about to come on. Hey, what's going on, Jonathan? Uh-huh. Oh, hey, See Kevin, you. how are you? I'm doing well. How you been doing, man?
1: I'm doing all right.
0: I'm doing all right. It's good to hear from you, too. Oh, man, glad to have you on. It's been a while, man. What's been new with you? Man,
1: um, well, uh, I mean, the topic of layoffs, right, it's real relevant. I was laid off just uh, three months ago, so I fully understand. I know the grind's rough right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I think I was laid off three months ago, Um I was interviewing nonstop and uh, one of the companies I interviewed with called Alchemy Labs. Um, they extended me an offer and so I start with them in July and then I briefly did a con- like a contract to like try to hold me over um, you know in between the two gigs. but uh, yeah, at the moment I'm kind of just in that holding pattern trying to you know keep the funds I got from the contract and then I'm just waiting to start my new full-time gig, but yeah.
0: Are you uh, back in the gaming industry or are you doing something kind of uh different until then
1: uh, yeah so uh, alchemy labs they make vr games and i think their big one is job simulator um and so um so uh, i'm gonna be helping them make whatever is next which uh, i'm really excited about
0: oh that's awesome but yeah alicia to answer your question i do build websites um so yeah if you need something built just uh let me know but yeah man um was there any signs before you got laid out from your current job or did that just kind of happen out of nowhere
1: right i'm kind of 50 50 right because i think i've been through enough layoffs that like the the temperature started to feel a little familiar right like oh okay things are less organized than they usually are, are are Um, I noticed, you know, before we'd have these big company-wide meetings, we're doing X, Y, and Z, we're doing all these big initiatives, and then those meetings kind of dried up, and we're not talking much about as much, much about what the future looks like. And so small stuff, but stuff that's like, well, I mean, it's a business. You know, there's things happen constantly, right? There are just times where, like, things aren't moving as quickly, and there's times where lots of stuff is happening. Uh, so just small stuff, I was like, that feels a little bit funny but we'll see um and then uh the actual layoff itself that that blindsided me like I was yeah, yeah. I was not expected it that morning uh, man, um
0: and yeah yeah it was rough it was rough yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I know what you mean man uh, there's always like the little signs but mm-hmm. you know uh you don't want to believe it until it happens but and mm-hmm. my last job was so obvious i couldn't ignore it like all the higher-ups were leaving yeah. and mm-hmm. you know uh, you know mergers and acquisitions right but, you know with this one i didn't expect it because like the stock was doing so good and right. uh but you know i guess if they don't have funding for the project and they don't you know they just don't have it so mm-hmm. right right how, how did you keep yourself occupied uh after after the layoff
1: Yeah, right. Well, there, uh, I mean, I had to, I had to like, uh, play as many games as I could for a minute, right? Like I did have to just because that's my like way to decompress. So I played a lot of games. Um, But I also like I kind of almost immediately like, and I'd, I'd had some feelings about my job anyway. So I was updating like my portfolio, my resume, and I'm just kind of like updating my online presence. And then uh, when it happened, it was kind of like, thankfully, everything was updated. And it was just kind of Sending in my resume to any and everyone who might look at it, um, just trying to find as many job openings and listings as i could um interviewing I interviewed nonstop um which uh, which you know it, it can be it can be challenging, but I just needed to find something and um yeah um, so yeah, lots of games and lots of interviews that was yeah
0: yeah yeah i know what you mean man mm-hmm. uh been doing a little bit of gaming myself call of duty and uh oh, yeah. final fantasy 16. hey what's going on Terrence? i'm excited but yeah uh you do you have a ps5 uh jonathan
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i'm i'm excited for nine o'clock tonight i think final fantasy 16 oh, okay. is live so i'm ready yeah i'm ready
0: did, did you try to demo or did you just are you just gonna kind of wait to play it
1: i uh i wasn't even gonna i wasn't it wasn't even really on my radar and then a friend told me about the demo and i was like okay all right i gotta give it a shot and then i played it and it it snatched my attention and so um so yeah um after the demo i was sold i was like okay i i, I you know i've i've been i don't think i've been as in love with final fantasy in a long time but after playing that demo i was like okay i'm i'm into this like this is it yeah.
0: Yeah, they they kind of bringing it back like uh, mm-hmm. the, the past. You've been kind of disappointing, but mm-hmm. after playing after playing that demo, man, it's uh that's mm-hmm. probably the best demo I have played like maybe ever. I agree. I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Terrence doesn't have his PS Five yet, so he's gonna be on the waiting list. He's a PC gamer. Yeah, for sure. PC master race and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Terrence, you on the uh, mute?
2: Okay, my bad. There we are, go. Yeah, so it's not about the PC master race. I won't, <laughs> like, like I'm not like oh, I want to play it at 4K, you know, <laughs> my 4090 or whatever. Like, like I'm 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 not about that life. I don't I don't have the drive to go out and spend you know a couple grand on a graphics mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. But it's just I find it convenient right now. Like I was down with like buying every console and yeah. you know getting the exclusives, but like uh after i got my nephew a ps5 like a couple years ago when the when when it was locked down mm-hmm. and i played it and it, you know i played spider-man on it it was cool but ever since then like that itch to play a ps5 or like have one just i don't i don't have that same itch for it and like whenever i see games come out for ps5 i'm like okay i'll, I'll wait for it to come <laughs> out on pc if, if it comes out on pc mm-hmm. like i'm still waiting for um like I waited for Returnal, okay, boom, that dropped. I waited for um, Ratchet and Clank is coming out in July. like, uh, And then any, like, I don't control piracy, but like any other Ratchet and Clank or something else that I wanna play, I could play it on, on PC at, at like 4K or whatever. Um, it But there are AAA titles that I'm just like, okay, that would be nice on, on PC. Like God of War was excellent. Like my first playthrough, of God of War was really it was great. Like from start to finish, I cried. It was a great game. Uh, I'm waiting for Ragnarok, and um, yeah, the long and short of it, yeah, you know, Final Fantasy XVI is gonna come out. I won't. I won't be on the. You know, I'll be on the waiting list for for when it drops. Um, I'm trying to, try to avoid spoilers as much as possible, and and if I really feel the itch, I'll, I'll watch a playthrough online. But you know, uh, I don't think. I don't know. Like it's. Uh, how do you how, how do you not to not to steal the the spotlight but like how do you guys feel about like playthroughs or walkthroughs or like like do you guys like are you, are you guys for it? Are you against it? How do you guys feel about it?
0: Oh uh, man, uh I mean if, if I don't plan on playing the game, I'll watch it ahead of time, but yeah, you know, I don't want to spoil myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm well I'm I'm and I do I watch games like I know I'm not gonna play play because there's only so many hours in a day, right? And right. Like, game I have a really dope story but it's like I'm, I'm not playing that and mm-hmm. so then I'll watch a playthrough especially like late night or during work like I think that's my kind of top time to watch those
0: have you been playing d4 uh not me no I know that's a big time sink kind of game Diablo 4
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: like I I've seen people play Diablo I haven't really been big into Diablo I think that's a really niche niche type of uh title uh, yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat as Kevin. Like, I just never got pulled into those type of games. Um, and I know that they're really big time sinks, mm-hmm. or like not time. I don't want to say time sinks, but they're very much they're the kind of games where like you have to get to a certain point for mm-hmm. things to get really good, and I or at least so I've heard. Like, oh, after hour thirty or after hour forty, it gets really good. And I'm just like, that's a commitment, like. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah them, them games like you got to be dedicated to really get ahead kind of like world of warcraft people who like losing their marriages cause they just play that nonstop. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah I think I think a lot of games and uh, and I think we're kind of we're heading in a direction I, I think of like uh like uh monetization and gaming right now like how games are now versus like back then like back then I could buy a cartridge or I could buy a CD that's the whole game you know yeah, maybe yeah. in the future they, they would like they would like uh what's the word like like silently patch out certain things you know like oh if you bought the black version of the game or the green label version of the game it would be slightly different maybe but like i just think that nowadays a lot of games are, are that have that they have that games as a service type of feel where you're not buying you're buying like a platform And then they just sort of spoon feed you content as the as the service continues on. And I feel like. uh, The point I'm trying to make is is that games come incomplete now and you 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 have to get to a certain point where a lot of the DLC is out and then the game improves and all the bugs are fixed and then and then it becomes a, a solid experience versus. Just getting a solid experience from the start and and then getting solid d l c afterwards mm-hmm. uh uh jonathan i, I cause you, you you work in the gaming industry mm-hmm. like how how does uh how do you feel about releasing a product that's half finished or or at least for the consumer it's it might not be the the final vision of the product how do you feel
1: yeah right it's frustrating right like it's it's frustrating right because and the, the reality is I think the call isn't usually on us right usually the call is someone who got paid way more than we do um, who is way removed from the game development process who doesn't who isn't that interested in games we're like yeah so we're gonna drop on April 4th and the rest of us go, well, it's February, and that feels a little aggressive. And they're like, "Well, I don't know. The contract I signed said April fourth, so you gotta figure it out, yeah. right?" And so, um, so it could be a bummer to be on that end and have to like, uh, you know, release something you know isn't the game as it's intended. And you know, that's why so many games come with the day one patches, right? That's like the yeah. way to try to save it because even you know, if you think about how many games are broken with the day one patch, and imagine like by the time. The, like without the day one patch it was ultra broken right yeah. um and so uh so yeah it's it's not it's it's not a great look and as a gamer I hate it personally right because I totally agree with you right I I paid you the 60 or 70 dollars today I deserve the full complete experience at launch right yeah so,
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah man that's you know and it's crazy games are like really expensive now it's like 70 dollars mm-hmm. for the base edition then they got yeah. the digital the uh, deluxe edition is like a uh, 90 dollars so i'm like wow right right mm-hmm.
1: yeah which is um yeah yeah which is i i just wish to kind of come to your point terrence i just wish if you know i'm it's not the end of the world to me games cost 70 dollars right i think they've hovered around 60 for a while but uh but i i just think that then our expectations for what a day one release should be like higher as fans, like we deserve more higher quality day one experiences. If you want to tack on a higher price tag, right?
0: Exactly. I mean, I made a a controversial statement uh, on a message board earlier today. (laughs) I said, uh, 2023 might be the best year for gaming. What what do y'all think? Um, (laughs) <laughs> Armored Core, Diablo so,
2: As far as like bangers, I feel like there are really like solid hits, right? We've got like right. Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, whatever the <laughs> Jedi, Fallen Survivor. I don't know the title. Yeah, you Jedi Survivor.
3: About. Yeah, Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we got Star
2: Wars. We've got Final Fantasy. We've got
0: Zelda. Uh, Zelda, Zelda
2: Tears of the yeah. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot what else um Super
0: mario rpg i think yeah uh, i'm so this, excited for that is that this year yeah uh, i think so i think like they november.
1: said yeah november october somewhere and i think you might think you're at november
2: yeah so i mean there's that right nintendo's got bangers sony's got bangers uh starfield. dropping starfield there we go yeah like that's that's dropping mm-hmm. i think it's a really good year i think it's yeah. a really solid year for for gamers yeah uh is it the best year I don't know i don't really memorize when years you know
3: like
2: like you know to me uh yesterday ps1 just came out and you had final fantasy 7 and now tomorrow <laughs> we've got Final Fantasy 16. so
3: you know everything's
2: a blur at us after a certain point
0: right at right. least nine since then isn't it entries right crazy
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: yeah um, yeah i th- i actually i think i would agree with you kevin yeah i think it and it's because it's funny because I think the way you started off we had Redfall we had Gollum right I feel like there's something else that just came out and was a a trash fire right yeah (laughs) right and so um Zelda I was like okay this is good I felt like that saved kind of a a way we were hidden and saw the Starfield preview which looks amazing um this Final Fantasy 16 demo like I'm super excited to play 16 I think it's going to be one of my favorites in the series I'm just after playing that demo right and then yeah to your point right armored core all the other stuff yeah I'm really yeah I hear amazing stuff about Diablo yeah I think it's gonna be one of the best years I can remember I think the last year to me the best year of games I can remember was I think there was a year Metal Gear Solid 3 came out I think it was Metroid Prime 2 and I think it was Halo 2 and like to Mm -hmm. me that's like that was a year of games I absolutely loved um but this is this is I think this is one for the record books like I'm really
0: excited yeah this one's uh, competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. Zelda, Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there? Final Fantasy. It's mm-hmm. just so so many good mm-hmm. games, man. Dead Mortal Space, Kombat. Kombat.
1: Oh, Mortal Kombat, yeah, and Street Fighter Six, yeah, which is Street amazing. Fighter Six. Mm-hmm. Dead Space drops. Yeah, Dead Space.
0: Space. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Hollow Knight might come out this year.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> see. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all for. More Hollow Knight, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, like, I, but I don't want to pressure those devs like mm-hmm. after seeing the first one and how uh, how well it was like I came, I I came at the tail end where you buy it for like a cheap price and you get all the DLC and everything. But like the Hollow Knight is such a great game and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that game to come out in a state where it's just like you have to have a, pr- a press release, you know, the, the image that says sorry. Guys, right. we're working on a day, you know, day thirty patch or whatever. Yeah. Right. Take your time. Like, if you have to push that game back, like, please, by all means, like, push it back. Just wait.
0: Right, Mateos, can you see yourself working in the game industry? No,
2: because
1: <laughs> 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 he's saying That's why <laughs>
0: Like, do I love gaming?
2: Yeah, but do I want to? Like, I wouldn't want to. I love gaming as a hobby, as a way to like to like when I'm done with work, like it's it's separate from like from my actual day to day work, if I had to combine the two, I feel like it would just make my my love of gaming like just I I, I would just lose it. I would lose my love of gaming. I feel or or I I could easily. How do I say it? I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way, Kevin, but like do you ever go to a website now and you're like why would they do that why would they design <laughs> why would they design this this way like this doesn't make sense or this, mm. isn't, this doesn't feel right like do you ever experience that
0: yeah like well like what kind of why why did they do it like that like, yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. like so like even what is it i was on uh hbo when hbo max just redesigned their their branding to just say max and everything mm. and they read they mm. released a new version of their video app and so i'm on it and i'm like oh that's cool i'm like like oh, what is it? Like it was a trailer of Avatar playing. I was like oh, the the button, I mean the icon when you hover over it, like it's a it's a timer thing. And I started explaining it. My mom was just like, okay, I guess like being, being a nerd, but it's because I've seen so many galleries that like now when I look at an app, like when they do something like a little bit different, it's like it stands out to me. Like I I notice it as as a developer, right? Yeah, but I think. If I was to step into video game dev, mm-hmm. I would just start to think like I would have to. I would have like deconstruct to deconstruct the game. I, and... I would have to. Yeah, I would like break it down. But oh, why would they do this this way? Like, this is so unintuitive. Or I feel like it would taint. Uh, if I saw how the sausage was made, I would not enjoy the sausage. If that, if that, <laughs> makes, if that makes the most sense. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't want to see how the sausage is made. Just, just you know, just hand me a controller and and let me press buttons and pretty pretty stuff happens and yeah. that's it.
0: Does being like behind the scenes and seeing how some of this stuff is accomplished, does that does that ever ruin things for you, Jonathan? It kind of, so
1: you're, you're totally spot on, right? I definitely have undressed games before, right? And especially, I feel like it's almost a quality level thing, right? I, I think there's games that I'm like, I know i can make this versus like you know i i'm so i'm 170 hours into tears of the kingdom right and every the time i play like i learn something new about the game or i see something new and it just blows my mind over and over again uh about how much you know details gone into it right and i think i would say the same thing about street fighter 6 there's so many really awesome game design decisions made there um you know even final fantasy like kind of to your point kevin right like it. Like it feels like in a lot of ways it's taken some of the old things we love and it's taken some new things and it's putting it together to make something really spectacular and so that stuff makes me fall in love with games all over again, right? Because it turns me back, I I always think back to like 10-year-old me who on a Saturday morning, first thing I did when I got up would be to plop on the floor and camp out in front of the TV um, if I didn't have to clean up, if my mama wasn't going to make us clean up the house that day or something, right? Uh, But so like when games do that to me, like, you know, it's a really awesome and magical experience. But then there are the moments where I'm like, I play something. I'm like, oh, I don't know why we we chose that choice, right? Or this could have worked better here, or, um, or you know, and it maybe it's a little bit more bid. But I think there's games like Gum, which I like watch those, and I like I have watched playthroughs for those type of games, and I'm like, I. I don't even know where you started to think about making this game, right? The, like the decisions that happened here are like, and I'm sure the equivalent is like a really horrible website you two have seen. Like, why did you even think to make this, right? Let alone actually spend the money and time to actually build this out this way. Um, so, yeah, it, it, but yeah, it can be rough. It can be rough to like see how the sausage is made. Um, but I also think like it kind of makes those like really impressive like games it may it makes them stand out even more, even more which i'm sure like i'm sure when you two see like a really a website that's doing something really crazy i'm sure it probably does the same thing for you right it's like oh wow
0: like yeah exactly like it, it you know it enhances like if somebody's doing something really good you're like wow that's amazing like right. how did they do that but right. if it sucks it's like man what are they doing right
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so, like, what, what are some gameplay mechanics y'all have seen, like, recently that kind of stood out or?
2: um, So recently, like, I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Six, like, mm-hmm. trying to get back into the competitive scene. And, like, it, there's always a mix of, like, like, how do you make combos, like, how do you make the fighting game system like intuitive and easy but also complex at the same time mm-hmm. and what they've what capcom has done recently with street fighter 6 i really like their design decisions of like how you manage your meter and how you manage life like like you like uh, i think maybe in street fighter 5 or maybe i know for sure in street fighter 4 big body characters like zangief and in smaller characters like Cammy and Chun Li, they had different life, right? So like, Zangief had let's say ten thousand health, and like Cammy mm-hmm. had nine fifty or whatever, like, and that that fifty damage like makes a difference. Like it's mm-hmm. it like in the long in the meta, like as the game progresses, it makes a difference. Well, in Street Fighter VI, the decision to universally give everybody the same health uh, feels better, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like. Yeah. It, it it feels I don't have to worry about an extra 50 damage because everybody across the board has the same amount of health. Mm-hmm. And then giving everybody access to things like a parry and um, and introducing things like perfect parrying, uh, it just gives a simple mechanic depth overall across the board. And uh, I don't know, to me, it's, it feels like a breath of fresh air. It feels really good. It feels really good
1: yeah and i guess to piggyback off that right like i'm i'm trash at fighting games like honestly i love them i'm just not good at them and so um so i was already excited after playing the street fighter 6 demo uh, because they had the open world mode and um what i really enjoyed is like how it's slowly teaching me kind of advanced gameplay stuff that i'm like way above my head right i'm not i don't do anything with frames or anything like that but it's just small like things even point i'm at i think i just uh, met chen lee and um like they're trying to i guess they're trying to teach me basically there's a good time to hit somebody to stun them and like they flash white at a specific time and so like after they do a move i'll hit them and then at that time if i hit them they all they're all of a sudden stunned and just kind of starting to put that together with like oh okay and then if i combo that if i put that with the throw Oh, okay. I lit up this uh, MPC, this computer, right now. Yeah. Granted, Terrence would destroy me with his hand behind his back if we played, right? <laughs> but at least I, I was able to give the computer a, some work, and and that was it yeah. was fun, right? So, I, like, feel at least
2: for a little while, I was good at a fighting game. Yeah. You know what? Like that, uh, and I'm uh, is that brings another point to my mind, and I'm, I'm going to mention it, and I'm going to keep this point brief. That makes me feel good mm-hmm. because, like don't get me wrong, like the order the earlier fighting games, like as true as true as they are and arcade perfect and stuff like that, like for the hardcore scene, what they've done with Street Fighter six. And I'm not trying to make this podcast just about Street Fighter six. It's just a game <laughs> that I've recently been playing a lot of. Uh, they've they've made. They've made a really solid experience for beginners and novices that want to be that want to just enjoy a game that they, they can sit down and play, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that that I'm hearing this from from somebody that I've never talked fighting games before, but that you're talking about it in a sense of like, hey, they flash white, that means I can do this. Mm-hmm. So the like the neurons firing off in your brain is like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he gets it. Like,
3: <laughs> right. you know,
2: like in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you can do this and you can do that, but you're you're just simply just like bread, peanut butter, jelly, put it together boom. <laughs> like for me. I'm over here like, all right, salami,
3: uh,
2: ham, fry this up, add an egg, do this, you know, toast, toast the bread, add butter. Like I'm I'm over here, you know, 100 steps ahead. And you're just like ABC. Boom, done. Yeah, right. And The fact that you're getting that that concept with uh, a, a single player mode that they've made or they introduce mm-hmm. into a, a fighting game is is, is really great. It's mm-hmm. It's awesome. And um, it it reminded me of another point where I was uh, I was playing offline with somebody, and they were they were configuring their controllers, their 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 the control scheme to add uh, to turn on accessibility. I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, in this game versus other games, uh, in order to do certain special moves. They've added accessibility where instead of inputting this like complex motion, mm-hmm. you can just uh, hold down one button and do and then press another button, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll give you access to those to those tools. Yeah. And I didn't consider it until now, where it's like, okay, what if somebody had a condition where they it, it yeah. makes it difficult for them to input complex motions? Like, how do you simplify that for people to uh, to make it accessible for everybody? And uh just seeing that in use, like in person was like wow, like I never considered that. Like like as as a as a gamer, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm I feel like we're going into a, an accessibility route, mm-hmm. uh, but like uh as as somebody who's able, right, uh for right. the most part, like I don't consider those options when I'm when I'm gaming. I just fire it up and I'm and I'm and I'm off to the races. Right. But do you guys ever consider accessibility features in games, uh, one, as a developer, and two, as a as a gamer in general?
0: Oh, I haven't thought about it too much, you know, because a lot of times if it doesn't affect you, you don't really consider it. But yeah. I know, you know, it's good to think about that so people right. are, are able to. But I, know, I know, Jonathan, I know you have to definitely consider it, considering, uh, you know, you're actually releasing games to the public yeah yeah right and and i think it's a conversation that keep
1: that's growing more as people like just you know just as game developers like start to really as game developers start to change and become more diverse like i think it makes for people who have more diverse perspectives right Um, and i haven't been around like I've, i've you know i've met blind gamers right i've met people who don't really have much vision and they you know who had to who you know small small things like you know just having a game increase the tech size can be um super valuable right they might be legally blind and can't drive but um just small conveniences make it possible for them to play a game they really love or um to actually this year they won an award at the game awards for um, mm-hmm. their whole single player has like a sign like they signed the whole um Basically, the whole storyline, like there's like a little person that pops up in the corner, and they like sign kind of like a a live um, a version of uh, you know the story points and stuff, right? So somebody who who um, uh, is uh, who is deaf, they can follow along with what the plot details are and everything, right? And yeah. um, um, and then you know, probably the the most significant thing I think I saw was like I've I've gone to a few. M- during GDC, Microsoft holds a lot of kind of accessibility parties, and um, they put on this video one day, uh, kind of uh, discussing this uh, guy who uh, he didn't have i he didn't have much motion in his hands, and he was kind of i i I, don't, I wouldn't say he's quadriplegic, but he just didn't have much motion in his body, and so he had an adaptive adaptive controller, um, and. You know just seeing this person who like really couldn't move his hand much but i think he could move his fingers being able to play a game um because they have these special controllers for him like that type of stuff like it really touched my heart because like you know kind of you being able to have control of controllers and you know film like I, I was born with a controller in my hand um you know there's so many things i can do with games but um uh, it i think it really is important i think the thing i think we all love about video games is kind of we for a second we get to be someone who's not us and i think that even goes to if you're uh kind of if you have accessibility issues with your body i'm sure you know being able to run around hyrule and fly with a a hang glider or you know being able to be chun lee and you know flip upside down and do a spin kick at people right like how how far removed is that from your real life experience right and uh so yeah i i think accessibility is super important and definitely i i one thing i'm excited about at alchemy mm-hmm. labs is they do a lot of work in kind of the accessibility phase for games and um, i'm really excited to learn and kind of do more work in that space because um, you know i do i believe games are for everybody truly Awesome. You know?
0: So you know uh recently uh they had the nintendo direct show and they released uh they they have a game with peach as the main star Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
3: mm
0: -hmm. i mean i think that's pretty interesting because normally you know it's the guy saving a girl so Mm -hmm. i wonder what kind of spin they're gonna take on this Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah
0: like have have y'all like really talked to women who are into games and do they feel like underrepresented you know like there's not Mm -hmm. that many yeah. Oh yeah, go go
1: you can feel free to go first. Sure.
2: I mean, like I've had I've had I have a girlfriend who's a gamer. Mm-hmm. Um not hardcore in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, competitive um as far as representation. I don't think she ever complains that Kirby isn't a girl. <laughs> I mean, um but Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really have an experience in this in this area as far as like representation and. Do you mean like as a
0: as female protagonists, or yeah, like, yeah, like more so like protagonists. They they're able to see somebody that kind of represents them uh, as they play the game. Hmm. So you know, Im- imagine if it was reversed, like you turned on Street Fighter and you know ninety five percent of the characters were female, or you know what I mean. Uh, you. And is it's like that in game after game after game where almost all the characters are females, like would that drive you off, or do you think you would still be like as into gaming? Uh
2: I mean, for me like like uh Samus is a girl, right? I'm not mm-hmm. complaining that Samus Samus has always been a girl to me. Like if, mm-hmm. if they they change him if they change the main character of Metroid to be a guy, like i would be be confused okay why like but you know if they want to go in a different direction if it's a if it's a different universe or what have you like okay sure like i have no the gender of a character doesn't really matter to me like if the story the story is good like if got if if kratos was suddenly a girl it would be weird like I'd, i'd be i'd have questions but if 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 they can make the story make sense if the if it again if it's if it's an alternate universe or what have you like Okay, you know, by all means, you know, enjoy it. Uh, But. I just feel like at the end of the day, what, what matters most is to have a solid story, like is the story compelling? Like, does it pull me in? Does it make me want to sit down and play more? Because that's what I play the games for. Like, like, that's what mean. That's what matters most to me. And I'm not trying to hog the mic uh but to me like it comes down to the characters and the storytelling the 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 whole reason of me sitting down and enjoy and 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 turning on this game is to is to experience is to have an experience is to experience something like the yakuza the the yakuza games like i'm i'm sitting down and i'm experiencing something mm-hmm. the the tears of the kingdom like i got to save the princess
3: mm-hmm.
2: like kirby i gotta eat stuff like (laughs) you know like for me that's why i play the games like i'm i'm i want to experience something and if the experience is worth it like then you know i'm all for it like that's that's my two cents what do you guys think
0: Hey, hey how's it going lou but uh yeah um I think you know we do need like more representation but i don't like forced representation like a lot of people are getting mad because final fantasy 16 was you know most almost all white but that's Mm -hmm. you know it's medieval kind of like medieval europe Mm -hmm. i don't feel like we should force diversity but it should be in there where you know it makes sense so other people can kind of you know honestly you kind of feel something when somebody looks more like you or you can identify with that character to an extent
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah but what do yeah. you think jonathan
1: yeah no i i think um I, I i agree with both of you right and i think i i know quite a few right female gamers from my little sister to or uh women gamers from my little sister to uh my girlfriend she's again she's not a hardcore one she plays like among us and uh clash royale so more mobile games and stuff and she'll play stuff on my switch with me every once in a while um uh but yeah it's um I think, I think it's. I think it first of all, I think it's a hard co- conversation for us to have as, as men, right? It's a little different our perspective, but right. uh, mm. um, but I do think uh, I've I've heard. I feel like what I've generally heard is like representation for women in games is getting better, but there's you know it's always a, there's still a long way to go, right? Um, I think you know games like Peach are a good start um but you know I, I think it is important to keep in mind you know the the likes of Samus right like Samus was like super mind-blowing at the time like I yeah. think I think the whole point of Metroid like I don't think you find out Samus is a woman until the, the final right before the final credits roll right mm-hmm. and how uh, pivotal right and how big that was at the time right mm-hmm. um um And, you know, going from Mario having saved Princess Peach forever to the Mario movie comes out and Princess Peach is kind of her own doing her own thing for the movie. And she's like basically an action star herself. And now she gets her own movie. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, I I think I think that I have heard from women like, you know, there's definitely a, a hope for more representation and I guess kind of more. I think it's been less i've heard like they want more representation it's kind of like less sexualization right like Mm -hmm. i think you know back in the game back in the day uh fighting games um i think it was like impossible to have like a female character who wasn't half naked like in most of the games right yeah. um, and then just over time i think you know like you now you have so many characters and some of them can be more lewd right like i love melina in mortal kombat she's one of my favorite she's always been she's always been kind of more risque but then you have other characters who are more like suited and booted and they are more like they have a full outfit and a, a full style to them so right. so yeah i think i think it's got kind of, it's kind of a nuanced topic right but i i think it's it's important and i I think i have heard that a lot of women do feel more represented now than they used to
0: yeah, yeah i think uh you know just being able to have that visual identity of seeing somebody that is what you represent you know it kind of draws you in a little more that looks like you yeah yeah. i think we kind of take it for granted to a certain extent because we're men it's like almost like the accessibility discussion we just right 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 yeah 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 the controller fits right in our hand and we we're good to go but somebody might not have that so it's like we're not thinking about it yeah
2: but you, you know what though uh like something that comes to mind it's not it's a little derivative of, of the whole like representation idea. So like when, uh, I don't know if you guys have follow, if you guys keep up with comics and things like that, but like when Miles Morales first came out mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, Spider-Man's black now. Like, you know, you know, uh, there was a, there was a lot of, there was some backlash behind that. Yeah. And, um, I don't know all the deep lore. I'm not going to speak on it just cause you know, i I don't know the ins and outs i just know that there was some pushback on it right. uh the same as when you know um what is it they when Silk they they released silk spider and she's asian and then you know so you have spider gwen and and it was mm-hmm. just like they, all these derivatives of, of 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 spider-man uh but then something that comes to mind is like when when stan lee was talking about spider-man it's like why does he wear a mask it's like well because the masks represent that anybody can be spider-man mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like in, in, it's not the person under the mask it's the person the person doing the actions and i'm, yeah. I'm butchering the quote and i, and I, mm-hmm. I apologize to like to, uh stanley but like uh what comes to mind so much is like samus is, was badass mm-hmm. you know from one and two until the end of two and well not until the end of two but you don't see the person behind the mask you just mm-hmm you're turning into a morph ball, you're shooting right. aliens, you're 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 defeating chozo, you're doing all this badass stuff. And then at the end you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a I'm a girl." Mm-hmm. Like but the, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Samus has a ton of games. Mm-hmm. Metroid Dread was a great game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The, I'm sure Metroid Prime 4 when it drops is going to be it's going to do Gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um like the 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 point the point i'm trying to make is like i think when you have a strong character regardless of whether they're black white asian blue brown um it's just the fact that they are a strong character and they have core values that they stand up for Mm -hmm. and that and and that's what should that's that's what your game should stand on uh the, the 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 fact that they are you know their their race or their their gender uh uh should should come second, but I think that that you, the representation does matter. Like like you said, to a, to a degree, like everybody should feel like they should connect. They can connect with a character um,
0: at at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like even uh, the creator character uh, options in a lot of games are getting better. Like yeah. you know, before there was no black options, now they give you like mm-hmm. an afro right. and some dreads or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. better six does really good with that. Mm-hmm. They they have
2: they've got so much character customization mm-hmm. that, you, that it, it's ridiculous. Like you've got afros, you've got Obviously, bald people like so many different eye options. I think Dark Souls, not Dark Souls, but From Software does that. Elden Ring has like a crazy customization, make your character look like a bunch of different things. And I'm just like, it's so deep now. You can spend hours in, in, in create a character just dressing up your character as whatever.
0: John, do you find like uh, game developers are kind of using like these create a character things to develop the characters versus like trying to custom? Create them from scratch or how, how's uh, a lot of these characters being created nowadays
1: yeah i think it kind of it i think it depends on it depends on the kind of game right like i think um you know i'm a I'm, I'm a big saints row fan and so a game like saints row where it's kind of always been about you being this character kind of inserted into this larger world and basically taking over all everybody else's territory that's a whole different kind of motivation versus you know i think about uh you know tomb raider right you know where lara, lara croft is a very specific person right who is adventurous and she's kind of danger is her thing right and she also finds herself in these really perilous positions um i think uh i think it all kind of comes down to like really what you want people to feel when they play your game and um and even to, you know, kind of similar to your point, Terrence, I think uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, who uh, made Mario and Zelda, um, I think they always they asked him back in the day, like, how come uh, Link doesn't speak? And that was his statement at the time, too. He's like, Link is you, right? Like, Link is not his own character. Like, and even though Link has qualities, like, really, when it comes down to it, like, all the adventures you go on all the stories you have all the things you accomplish all the monsters you beat that was you doing it right link is a stand-in for who you are mm-hmm. and um and so yeah i think it kind of comes down to what you want from a character right like you know um i think it's it clyde in final fantasy 16 i think that's that's the main dude's name right mm-hmm, it, like yeah. so i think i'm i'm excited to see his story right like and you know the demo kind of set up like who he is and what he is in the world and his relationship with his family and all that stuff. And I'm excited to go on his journey versus like Saints Row, where it's like, oh, I'm about to take over the city. This is me, right? Um, and so I think it's kind of, it, it depends on the, uh, usually for in when you're working on a game, it kind of, that that's like a conversation, like who is the player? Like that's something you talk about at the very beginning.
0: So like uh, when typically developing these games, like do y'all completely like plan everything out before you start coding or is it kind of like, you know, plan some out, start coding, plan some more out, start, you know, do more coding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot more the second
1: one because I think um, because I think you can have a million ideas and plans and ideas of how something should work, but you really don't know how it works until you kind of, you know, get some of it together and then you play it and it's like oh this doesn't feel right or um this feels really good like we should do more of this or um you know you're kind of exploring what the game is what the character is what the gameplay should be and just kind of trying to marry it together to try to make the best experience possible so a lot of times it's like we do a little we plan a little we well we do a little we see what work we plan a little more and then just kind of trying to flesh that out and that's what playtesting and all that stuff's for, right? Just kind of helping us figure out okay, is this is this conveying what we want it to and if not then we have to go back to the drawing board. Okay, what what are we getting wrong, you know?
2: How, how do you uh do you guys well, as a as a developer, how do you mm-hmm. go about playtesting uh a game? Like you don't personally playtest your own games or is it somebody who's just like a hey, a dedicated play tester
1: right so i guess there's three different ta- kind of testing so like for me right like I, I when i program games like i'll i at least do like a basic like this works as intended as the designer explained right. to me tests right like so that's like the first level testing then we have like a qa team and they go and i would almost say they bang on the experience or the game and kind of um, right. um They kind of check the game for any issues and, uh, you know, whatever technical thoughts or, you know, there's this really weird bug where if I push the attack button, I pause and then I start uh, start the game like there's an infinite attack that's happening and like the character never has to like their stamina meter doesn't go down or stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Just like little areas where kind of the game systems clash is what I think of. And playtesting is kind of like the next level where it's like, okay, if we put this in front of a fan basically, right? Or somebody who isn't working on the game to make it, what what is their experience? Like, are they, uh, do they get what this button combo does? Like we explained, maybe we explained that you could wall jump and maybe there's like, whenever you could wall jump, there's red paint on the walls. And like, maybe we tell them that at the beginning They run through the level and they get to a place where there's red paint on the walls and they're like i don't know how to get up right then we did a job we missed we missed something somewhere right Mm -hmm. we didn't complete we didn't quit correctly convey oh this is how you kind of maneuver through the level um so yeah those are kind of the three different levels and that playtesting is more of like okay this is what we set out to do do people get it when they actually get the controller in
2: there right yeah and then do you do you um as I guess, as a dev, it, does it ever come across your mind, like, oh, let me watch somebody. Let's like, let's. Let, let, would you? Hmm, let me think <laughs> of what I'm trying to say before I say it. I think I know what you're um,
1: about to say.
2: But yeah. Do you ever watch like a live stream of a game that you've developed, and then see how somebody like that's completely fresh and green to the game uh, interact? and, and they're usually like almost like waiting with bated breath. Like, Gosh. I hope that they get this, <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, okay, this, there's this thing here. I hope that they notice this, right. this thing, right? Yeah. And, and personally, I think
1: that's to me, that's the real test, right? Like, cause if I tell you, if I tell you exactly how to play my game and then you go and you do exactly what I said, like, did, did you actually learn how to play my game or did you just do what I said over and over again? Right. Um, And I think that's different versus like uh, I, you know, I love putting a game in front of somebody and, you know, kind of explaining something to them and then mm-hmm. understanding that like they're able to kind of see and I would, um, I call it reading, but they're able to read the environment and then make the correct decision based off the stuff I've already taught them. Um, yeah. Cause I, to me, that's when, that's really when you know fighting games are actually a great example of that, right? Like fighting games are all about teaching you lots of pieces, but the real magic happens when you have that the, those people who are like really high level who are like, oh, I can do A, B, C, Y, and D, and kind of like your your uh, your uh, analogy about being in the kitchen, right? They yeah. can cook up uh, the first class meal based yeah. off all the individual pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love to watch people do live gameplay. I think that's the most fun. I think that's the way you learn the most. I think it's um, how you can really understand if your game conveys the stuff you want it to. Um, it, it's also a way to like tell if somebody's uh, actually kind of getting into. We call it a flow state in games. Like, and I'm sure we've like all of us have probably played a game at a point where it's like. I almost think about the times where i feel like i melded with my controller for a second right like it's not i'm not it's almost like it's second nature the stuff i do like the times where i get excited when i did something on a game right like i go up for a dunk and i dunk on a character i'm like oh i'm i'm too good i'm too good (laughs) (laughs) me, right yeah Um, and so I think that's the goal and being able to see somebody fall into that flow state where it's almost second nature. Like that's, that's where the magic happens to me. That's where a game really, that's almost to me where you as a player have connected the most with the game. And when it when you understand a game enough that you're able to really make the like make the most of everything you understand about it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, have, have you met like any of the big names in the industry, like Miyamoto, Kojima, yeah.
1: I've I've
0: seen so I've seen Kojima do a talk I think maybe twice
1: but so I, no I've never met him I've seen Kojima uh, I I like to joke sometimes I've seen Miyamoto's entourage and that's kind of every Miyamoto story I've ever heard is like you'll see you'll hear about a bunch of dudes in black suits m- like mobbing a dude and just kind of walking down the hallway and it's like oh that was shigeru miyamoto right like it's he was in somewhere in that mass of dudes in black suits was mr nintendo um uh, i think probably the most famous game developer i met was tim schaefer who made um psychonauts grim fandango um oh man trying to think what was more I mean Psychonauts 2 his studio Double Fine has made a bunch of mm-hmm. games um, yeah. so he's probably the most popular like kind of game developer I met and like one of my game dev heroes so that was really awesome mm-hmm. um I met people who have worked at like quite a few different studios but yeah Tim Schafer was like my big like oh man that was it was cool to meet you know uh, somebody who looked up to reading gaming magazines growing up
0: were y'all able to have like conversations about the gaming industry and gameplay mechanics and things of that nature or was it more like a quick meet it was it was a quick meet it was like a conference so i think he was on his way to like talk to
1: Gamespot or something but um i just i caught him in the hallway and i don't even it's wild because i don't even remember fully seeing him i felt like i saw him out the corner of my eye and i was like hey tim and i was like can i have a picture and he took a picture with me and I remember freezing up and basically being starstruck, and um, uh, he took a picture with me. And he's like, "So hey, hi, I'm Tim," and I was like, "I'm Jonathan." And he's like, "Cool, John." Uh, and I was just, I was just frozen, basically, right? And he's like, "Well, John, I gotta go." gotta go have an interview and uh yeah but i, I was super starstruck and i'm super embarrassed now because like i would have loved to actually talked about him and told him like uh your games were pivotal to me right you inspired me i, I make games because of you uh, but i all of that was in my throat i didn't have <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, yeah it was fun it was fun to meet him
0: have you had the opposite experience like a fan came up to you and said, hey man i played your game i love it
1: I haven't had that, but I have like, I used to write on Quora a lot, like just kind of about game development. And sometimes I would, I remember one time I posted about a game I made um, and I, I did have like, or a couple of times I posted about games I made and I might just talk about a game I made. And um, I had people go, Oh, I remember playing playing this game when I was a kid, which that was exciting. Or um, I made like this really small indie game and this guy like sent me this really uh really kind message about how like this this game we made inspired him to write a short story and like that was just that was a really cool thing to hear that like you know your work was able to inspire somebody to create something um
3: so yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i think that is pretty cool like somebody's so inspired by a work they're a fan they love the universe and you know they're making their own little stories Mm -hmm. absolutely i wish i had that creative vibe but uh I'm more like a mechanical thinker.
1: That's fair. I get it, and I think uh, kind of like you asked Ter- uh, Terrence earlier about like wanting to work in game development. And I, I quite, Like I feel like the people who work on games are obsessed. Like I, I feel like I'm like it's less because I sometimes I hate game development. If I'm honest, it's a lot of work. It can be really tedious. It's a lot of really a lot of fine tuning small details that no one notices if they don't work on games. Um, but I also like feel compelled sometimes to make games. Like I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't making a game. And, um, and, and so I think that's kind of like, I, I think you're totally right. Like if you don't have that pool, I would stay away because it can be a lot of work, even as somebody who's obsessed, who wouldn't choose to do anything else with my life. Sometimes like, man, making games is why, why do I do this to myself? Why do I keep doing this to myself? Um. But yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, we're all different different strokes, right? And games still need websites, so um, yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. You I got, got a question it.
0: for you, Terrence. Like you knowing like what programming is like and seeing how intense game development is, does that make you like reevaluate how you talk about games online? And you know, like on oh, yeah. a message board, a lot of people are like, oh man, this game is buggy. These devs oh. are so lazy. You yeah, know, all, like, all
2: the time. Yeah, <laughs> I had a um. I had a very passionate—I'll call it passionate—discussion <laughs> with somebody, uh, where they were saying like, "Just really, just like, what's taking so long? Just release Tekken Eight now!" And I'm like, "Dude, like, you don't understand how much time, like, it takes to not just release a game. Like, you can't just copy and paste and release a game because it'll flop. Like, people right. will complain that it's just a copy and paste, so oh, it's nothing new." Blah 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 blah, right. but in reality, like we think, you know, creating a React app can be difficult, and and yeah. and and you know managing state and communicating with different MFPs and all this other stuff. You get into game dev, dev and it's like, all right, we want to make a character. We want to give them all these moves. We have right. the mocap. You have to, I don't know, import the physics. mocap and physics. Right, you have to get all that right then then once you get all that right then you have to introduce a battle system and okay. you have to make sure it's fair for all the characters that you've introduced right. yep. then you got to hope that a character that you introduce isn't busted on day one
1: <laughs>
3: right,
2: right? <laughs> and then it and then you have to give it to players and have them play the game mm-hmm. and then you have to go back and and take the feedback that you got you see you see where I'm going like mm-hmm. hey, there's so much you can't just take the game Release it, because then you'll just be like, "Oh, MK Mortal Kombat One just just it's just Mortal Kombat eleven point five, nothing, All right. nothing new."
3: <laughs> and it's like
2: you guys, you guys don't understand like how much gray hair goes into yeah. making a game. Like, right. like when it takes years to develop, like it takes it takes time and budget yeah. and it takes time. Um, <laughs> who's to guy
0: de- develop Smash Brothers? Sakurai, or I think that's uh, the name. Yeah.
1: Sakurai. yeah uh, all right yeah yeah sakurai yeah mm-hmm.
0: like uh you know he, he was getting sick because he was working so hard like yeah
1: and fighting games are actually like I think two games like I don't I think I'd be cool if I never touched, like ever making like I think fighting games and MMOs like because they're just yeah. so so many points of failure and like fighting games like you know uh, t- to your point right like it's not just it's making a character who has 50 moves and 50 moves that feel right and 50 moves that they can be composed into one cohesive style and then it's making one character with 50 moves that can be one cohesive style that can fight 29 other people that yep. have their own 50 moves yep. and cohesive styles yep. and making sure when I like the you know the, the collision boxes hit correctly and it's 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 wild yeah fighting games. I have it's outrageous how much work goes into a fighting game.
0: Yeah. You can't really change too much of people go ballistic, like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's funny because
2: like and again, not to make this about Street Fighter 6, I'm sorry. (laughs) But like uh there are people asking for nerfs on certain characters, and it's been the game dropped June second. It's going on three weeks now. And people are already asking. all oh, they're on they're on Twitter. Oh, nerf this character. This character is broken. You know, do this, do that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've I've had my salty moments on 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 Discord, and I'm just like, you know, I don't I don't like this character. This is frustrating. Blah blah blah. But the meta hasn't been figured out. Like, I would let I would let like wait until like wait six months. Wait until the first like. The first real competitive tournament is an, is is out, and wait for top eight. Like then you'll know when a character is busted or not, because if seven out of the top eight characters are all one character, it's a problem. Yeah, like yeah. like right. that. That's when you know you have a problem. Right. Like, but but before then, if you nerf too early and too often, it just dilutes the game. Right. It 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 makes the game boring. Like. Right. And I think that's where. That's where you as, as a game dev and I'm sorry for holding the mic for so long like as a game dev, you have to be able to manage who do you listen to your consumer or your competitive scene like how do you how do you balance this right. enough to make it fun for everybody you know right. like you have 30 if you have 30 or 40 characters and people are only playing six, you got put you got a problem. Right. You have to, you have to, but you have to make it so that you don't throw the six characters that everybody's playing in the trash right. and make everybody else viable right it, it's tough it's a tough balancing act
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and i think people kind of people don't always remember
1: like people don't always appreciate how how much trying to keep a community happy right and how challenging that is right like because again yeah to your point right it's that like okay what is the right move to make sure the game stays alive versus like who, who are our true fans, right? Who are our day ones that we want to make sure we don't turn away because they spend the most time with our game. And then how do we make sure we bring in new people? It's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, unfortunately I think I got a bounce really quick, but, uh, no problem. uh, it was dope to talk to both of you tonight. And, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Appreciate
0: you stopping by, man. I'll definitely stop by anytime.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I look forward to catching up with you later.
0: All bye. right, man. You have a good one.
1: Yeah, you too. Bye.
0: Peace. Bye bye. So yeah, Terrence, what what did you think about that Nintendo Direct? Like, do you feel like they were showcasing games you're interested in, or is it more like uh, more of the same?
2: Um well, you know they had their they had their single player, I mean they had their uh indie dev games, right? I think they had a, a free-to-play game that was online or something. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. I think it started with a P or something, um, but I wasn't too interested in that. I was surprised to see Batman on Arkham come to the Switch, but I mean they're releasing it all in one collection, and I think it's actually a pretty that's actually a pretty cool idea mm. to uh, to bring back like an older game and make it portable um, on the Switch, as long as it's not the PC port because I heard bad things about it. I'm playing through it right now, but I I, I hear that there's there's a couple of funky things going on with the PC port. Mm. Um, but besides the indie stuff, I did like Star Ocean 2 getting announced.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, what you about
0: I, Super Mario Wonder?
2: It's, it's a Mario game. Uh, I think my girlfriend will like it. Um, I haven't played a Super Mario game s- since Odyssey. So, oh, okay. like... The two D Mario stuff, there's got to be a market for it. I guess it's it's out there. Um, I'm more excited for the Super Mario RPG that coming back than I am a new two D Mario. Um, you kind of
0: grew up on the three D Mario's, right? You you never got into like the Super Mario World on Super no, Nintendo.
2: I mean, I I've I had so I had an N sixty four, and I had friends who had the SNES and Genesis and stuff, mm-hmm. and they had. Super Mario World and super, like the the collection, you know the um um on on SNES, and I played it, but I never beat it. I never like sat down and actually beat a Super Mario game. The only Super Mario game I think I've beat um is well, can I even say I beat it? I think a friend of mine beat it for me. It was a mm-hmm. uh, Super Mario Sixty Four, but I I I haven't like a hundred and twenty started though. The 2d looks cool i'm actually excited for it yeah i'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with the wonder stuff like the the alternate world that you go into and like mario can like stretch and he can turn into a well i think kevin froze um he can he can stretch i think he can turn into an elephant like i think it'll be pretty cool like to see what they do with um with the that wonder side of things hold on let me see if i can get kevin back oh you're lagging kevin you there Kevin. Hello. No, that's not. Kevin. Oh, all right.
0: Okay, there we go. Can you yeah, hear
2: me? all right. We're back.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it was spazzing for a yeah.
2: second. Yeah, that was weird.
0: But um yeah, we're talking think, about- uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, we're talking about Super Mario.
2: Yeah, the one Super Mario Wonder. I was just saying that like um I mean it looks cool. Like I want to see what they do with the the whole wonder side of things, right? Because don't you go into a a flower or something or uh a, a, well, I guess they call wonders. And then you, it's like an alternate, it's the same level, but like a flip side version of that level. Mm. And then like, I think they demoed that he, he can stretch now and he can transform into different stuff. like get an elephant and, um, some other stuff. I think that, I think that'd be cool. See what they do with that. It's a, it'll be an interesting spin on, on Mario.
0: I think it's more for, you know, like older fans, like who grew up on like the original 2D games, uh, like Lou, uh, he, he's looking forward to it. But I, if you grew up on the 3D ones, uh, I don't know if it necessarily appeal to somebody who grew up on the 3D ones. Right. I think it looks pretty good, though. But like you mentioned, the Super Mario RPG, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Did you play the original Super Nintendo?
2: i didn't but you know i i've heard good things about it so it can't be that bad it's gotta be it's gotta be good
0: you get to come come into it fresh so that'll be interesting
2: yeah yeah like i'll i'll wait i'll wait and see what they say about it you know um i'm i'm i mean i doubt it'll be bad i doubt it'll be bad i'm not i'm not i'm not putting that out there but I'm, i'm just gonna wait and see what what uh
0: what the Consensus is they're talking about a rumor of like a Chrono Trigger remake, like a HD 2D. I
2: mean, maybe, I don't know.
0: maybe yeah, I don't know. if they remake it, they need to like remake it like how they did seven. I don't want, want like a little oh, remake. you want to
2: pull from the ground up remake? remake. Yeah,
0: you, you know what I heard was uh, the, they're asking to possibly remake Final Fantasy 6. They need
2: to they need to hold their horses, finish nine, finish eight, and then go back and do whatever other Final Fantasies they want to do. Like I feel like if they're gonna take that route, like do the route of of uh, Resident Evil, like Resident Evil has done the popular route, where it's like, all right, RE two is super popular, let's let's release that remake. All right, boom. Then they did RE three, which was like a rush job, which I heard it wasn't that good. Um and then RE4, they took their time with, and that's a great game, right? It it feels good. If they're gonna remake Final Fantasies, I think seven, eight, and nine is where it's at. I know there's one on the SNES that's like super good or whatever, but I think seven, eight, and nine is their moneymaker. That's just my opinion. I think if they're gonna remake Final Fantasies, seven, eight, and nine are gonna be the most notable as far as like demographics is concerned.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, but after seven is really when the series like really blew up. Like yeah, it, it was pretty big on, uh, part six was pretty big, Chrono Trigger's big, but seven is like when it became like, you know, like a Metal Gear Solid, like a yeah. franchise builder yeah. type of. Yep. I think they're uh, releasing the Metal Gear Solid collection on Switch as well.
2: Yeah, but that's just more of the, not more of the same, but that's just the it's just a uh port of the, th- the 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 three games, right? It's nothing new.
0: Final Fantasy Seven was was awesome. Yeah did you did you think the remake did it justice though? I think he froze up here. Who what? Uh did you did you feel like Final Fantasy Seven remake uh did the original justice? Um I feel like they did a really good job
2: honestly with the remake they they brought it to life where where a lot of the parts of the game that just felt like not eh but they felt more like on ps1 like for the like getting into don quixote's uh club or whatever right okay you go you 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 dress as a girl, you you do like they brought that whole scene to life. Like Cloud doesn't want to do it. He's like, Oh, why do I have to do this? Like that whole like in oh how do I say it? In seven, eight, nine, you have you 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 are like the narrator. You you voice these characters, you give them mm-hmm. inflections, you give them personality, you give so them more alive
0: to you kind of like more immersive
2: yes it's more yeah like in in the remakes they're more immersive they take away that 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 having to emote and think of of or not think but it takes away that ah it 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 takes away that
0: less imagination and yeah, it it's, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's you're, you're pulling these characters out of my head and, and bringing them and bringing them to life in front of me like mm. the fact that, that 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 Sephiroth feels like he's just messing with cloud throughout this whole adventure like like you you get glimpses of that in the in the PlayStation one but I feel like it's li- it's very limited not by just the platform but by the by the technology at the time. Right. But now you've got, I mean, look, just look at the game. I could talk about this for, for a long time, but like, just look at the game, right? The game itself is only in Midgar. You like you, you don't even realize that you spent 50 some odd hours, 60 some odd hours in just one, one area. Right. How
0: long was that in the original game? Like 20 hours? It was, or it, was
2: it was, yeah, I want to say no more than 10 to 20 hours, possibly 15, probably is the sweet spot. But like once you're done with that area, you're done. You get you get your your ship and then you're out and you're out into the open world. Right. Yeah. But you spent all this time in one area, right? You the seventh heaven comes to life. Uh, I only know about second life. Lord, (laughs) help me. (laughs) That's old school. That's real old school. That's real. Uh, is that still a thing?
0: Uh, I think so. It probably is. Probably I mean, is.
2: With, with VR, it's probably it probably is.
0: Wasn't that um, like a PlayStation Home kind of like a, a like an MMO but more social?
2: Second Life, I think, was still so, a thing. Virtual worlds. Wow.
0: Kind of like the metaverse before the metaverse. Before the metaverse. Yep. Yep.
2: Um, sorry, what was I saying? Like. I just feel like, I feel like they did it justice. I feel like the fact that they take the time to not just, not just take what they've already made, add a a nice coat of paint on it, and then boom, you've got your, you've got Final Fantasy remake. They have actually take the time to to say, okay, what, what do we have and how do we make it better? And 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 then you have to write each character. You've got to voice the characters. You've got to. There's so much things that that make it just come to life. That I probably I'm
0: probably ready for another
2: playthrough. I think I think that's what it is. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for another playthrough, Kevin. (laughs) About
0: to drop another. uh, I'm
2: gonna drop another. Another eighty hours into into it. I'll play it on hard mode though.
0: Okay. So the loot set programming and gaming go together did is that what got you to wanting to be a programmer like hey i want to make my own game
2: yeah yeah i think so Uh, you know growing up i played ps1 n64 snes a bunch of different games i was a really obsessive gamer um and and i just liked you know I, i would i would pause like cartoons and i would pause video games and i would I would put a piece of paper onto the CRT TV, and like mm-hmm. press it onto the TV to try and make the image shine through. And I would try to draw mm-hmm. over, I would try to trace over the the characters and try to draw that way. I wanted to be an artist, but I, you know, art wasn't really my thing. Um, and I I eventually stumbled onto computers and programming and stuff. So I guess you know, gaming was my was the uh, the catalyst to to that whole. To where I am now, um, but I don't think. Do you need to game? Like, is it is it a requirement or a prerequisite? It's a nice to have, I would say, if you want to get into programming.
0: Man, but I think, I think gaming created a lot of these industries that are like non-gaming now, like the you know the headset VR headset, VR, yeah, kind of like the metaverse stuff existed in in gaming before. Hours I spent online, I could write books, build schools, and save the world. Guilt keeps me away from video games. Guilt?
2: I don't hmm. Hours I spent online, I could write. Oh, you you're like in place of all the time you spent online, you could write books and save the world. Guilt mm-hmm. keeps you. Oh, because you would spend too much time playing the game.
0: They can be time sinks. They can be time sinks.
2: Yeah. But you can you can you can make it a social. I think there are games now that are more so social, like Animal Crossing. Like you can, they, that can be that can be considered a time sync. But then you can give your code to somebody, and they can visit your island, and and you guys can play co-op together. Um, I think, what is it? Like, even even single-player games for the most part, or or to some degree, can be can be social. Uh, can be social right like like just like me right now i think i spent like five minutes or a good five to ten minutes just spazzing over final fantasy 7 and i feel like as uh like cause kevin has played it too right like we can sit here and talk about final fantasy and tr- corner trigger and uh the other like shadows of paradise or strangers of paradise or whatever and gush over these games because we you know even though i have my playthrough and he ha- he has his playthrough we can talk about you know our likes and dislikes of this this game it's almost like a movie right you can we 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 could both watch the same movie and and like different stuff about it or or dislike different things about it
0: yeah i, I got an interesting question for you man if uh gaming didn't get you in a program and what kind of profession do you think you would be i in?
2: don't know man <laughs> I really don't know. I think I think growing up I think my backup profession would have been an electrician. okay. I think cuz my dad is a my dad is a carpenter by trade and he's he's uh very much like a do it DIY type of guy like building houses and fixing uh fixing electrical inside of the house and and I think I'll probably would have fallen into that field if I didn't get into programming
0: i probably be in like a counting, hating life, or like a financial <laughs> manager hitting you up like, "Hey guys, you need help with your finances." Like, do you ever get those messages now? I don't. I uh, I think I maybe once,
2: maybe once I had somebody ping me about it, but I
0: I I didn't really pay it too much attention. Man, I, I heard uh, some some guy was saying I don't know it, it was on Quora or something that like as a FedEx driver he usually makes over six figures and he can get up to like two hundred k. I forgot as what kind of FedEx driver. Either like FedEx or UPS, like really. I, I don't, you know, you know, it's online, so sometimes people be like making, That's, you know, making yeah. stuff up. But
2: I wonder how many hours he has to work, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you could make two hundred k, would you would you do it? Like okay, let's let's say 70k uh for about 25 hours after work.
2: 25 hours of work for 70k?
0: Yeah. FedEx driving. I
2: don't know, man. Driving is pretty brutal in LA.
0: Yeah.
2: Like I I personally don't I personally don't like it. I can't see driving being a a long-term profession that I would I would want to I would want to do. Like yeah. Yeah. Even though I sit on my butt and I, I type into a computer for like eight hours a day. I just. I don't know.
0: Like, yeah, I think it's going to be are,
2: stressful.
0: Different people are just built for different things. I, I might be able to do short term driving, but I don't know. I, I couldn't. I, I know I couldn't do like uh, getting in like a big rig and mm-hmm. driving like 12 hours every day. Yeah. Yep. I can barely handle like a four hour trip. I'm exhausted after that. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, what's so crazy about driving across countries like the weather. Like, uh, imagine like a tornado's going on and you're just in the middle of some like driving on the road that's in the middle of a you know, like a plane somewhere. Like, there's no buildings I'm around. I'm daily entertainment Then I spend memorizing scripture.
2: For most people, 90% of their sorry to cut you off. I, I was. Yeah, yeah, reading a comment. For most people, 90% of the non-work time is spent online in entertainment. That's true. Not not in being productive. I really try not to spend more time daily in entertainment than I spend memorizing script. That's 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 true. Like I I totally I totally see where you're coming from. Um and I got a yeah. great point. Let me just turn on the light real quick. All right, it was getting kind of dark, but um, I got a great point to that where like I'm noticing more so myself where I, I'm spending more time glued to my phone than I would like to, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what really put things in perspe- perspective for me was um like watching how much screen time I spent like on the phone, like the phone, uh, Androids and iPhones. They can tell you like how, how much time you spend on it, uh, and what apps you're using the most. And I think out of an entire, like an out of an entire day, I think it said, I spent five or so hours or six or so hours of my like 16 hour day, uh, on YouTube. And I was like, wow, like six hours just of YouTube, whether it be on the on in the background or me like physically watching yeah. it, it's like that's a lot of time.
0: That's like and, the new TV.
2: Yeah, and so today I uninstalled it. Like I, mm. I removed the app from my phone, and um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm 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 I trying to. Be now. <laughs> I'm trying to disconnect. <laughs>
0: I worked at a FedEx where I was like 14 years ago with my second job part-time. And man, I was getting paid around 20 an hour. I remember hearing that drivers were getting paid and this was 14 years ago. Yeah, the drivers, I, that's, that's who was, uh, who was really making the money. Um, don't they have like a good union, something like that? I think that's how you know they're really able to make that money. I'm surprised there's no like programmer's union, but. I guess people make enough money in this profession. They're kind of like, yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me, Terrence?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know what to say to that. I think uh, like my dad always, my dad was a truck truck driver for a little bit. He stopped now, but they they make some pretty good money. I won't lie truck, 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 truck make, a, make a decent pair of change. But you're on the road a lot.
0: That's... Yeah, same with my dad. He was a truck driver, man. It was uh, you know, that's, that's a stressful job, man. I, I can uh, appreciate just having a job where I can sit at home and type on a computer all day.
2: Yeah, the only stress that you have is uh, is release days and um, and bugs and unexpected bugs. <laughs> So you just yeah, try to, I mean, try, to you I mean, try to mitigate be, those as much as possible,
0: you know it can be stressful, man, especially if you're you know at one of these big companies and you're working on an app that uh you know like millions of people are using, yeah. and yeah. your bug is costing a company yeah. to lose millions of dollars mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's why i don't that's that's one reason why I can't work at at one of these top tier tech companies
0: Oh, yeah, I'm good on that like just uh, yeah. tens of thousands ain't worth that all that kind of stress,
2: yeah. I'm good. I want to be able to. I want to be able to put my head down at night and go to bed and just be done. Like, I don't. I don't want to have to think about did I push up code correctly? Did you know? Did what if? You know what if this went wrong? What if that went wrong? Like, yeah, no, I'm okay. No, thank you,
0: man. So have you have you been like uh, getting out like a lot more? You know, uh, trying to stay less digital.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to stay less digital. I've um uh slowly but surely I'm just like reducing my screen time, reducing my screen time, and then I'm noticing that that I have this itch for some type of distraction. Like, and I don't know what it's what it is, but it's
0: like you just need uh, something, like I'm playing not in the it's background. Like I need
2: something, and 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 I'm like I wasn't like this before high speed Internet before uh, a yeah. uh, smartphone. I didn't have this compuls- compulsion to just <clears throat> have some type of stimuli, whether it's Instagram or something on in the background or whatever. And so I'm trying to sort of uh, wean, off, okay. wean myself off yeah. of like always being on my phone and um, and even like things like 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 I would say, OK, I need my phone to study Duolingo like, well, I don't need that. I don't I, I can I can sit down at a computer, go on duolingo.com and and do my Spanish lessons. Okay, cool. I don't need, I don't need that app. Um all right, I need it to read scripture or whatever. All right. Well, I can I'm sure there's a website version of the app that I'm using that I can you know, I can just log on to read the daily scripture and then be done with it. You know? Yeah. There's 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 a little addiction. It, yeah, it's it's like when you when you make an app for everything, it just it just means that, at least in my case, it just meant that I I gave myself one more reason to just tap on my phone, and not be present.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm trying to turn my phone into something that will assist me, rather than you just like uh, merge
0: with the machine almost. Like.
2: Or yeah, I, I, yeah, for lack of better words, like something it's. Like something that I can use versus something that just takes time away from me because eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours out of a 16 hour day on YouTube, that's, that's a lot of time. Like, you know, what, 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 what can I be doing with, with that time? That's, that's the point that I'm trying to, I'm trying to get at. It's like, I don't know if I'll, i, I do not know if I'll get to zero, but, you know, it, it's worth a shot
0: to try yeah. and get,
2: to get to that point.
0: So, like, do, do do you see yourself just like being out and about more, like visiting places and yeah, yeah, person,
2: yeah, like just just being more being more present, be more present, and and being able to uh, talk to people. Um, because I've I, I I have a habit of just sort of retreating to my phone if I don't know anybody in a in a certain. If I go to a party or if I go to an event and I don't know anybody, I can immerse myself in my phone and I don't have to I don't have to interact with anybody. But then I lose out on the experience, you know, of being present with uh, and being out and about. I can just be on my I could have been on my phone at home. I could have been on my phone wherever. Why would I go somewhere to be on my phone? It's like it's like uh, so I'm going to these uh, biweekly um street fighter events right in any california yeah and uh I, you know i'm not driving an hour out just to be on my phone and not be not interact with people not talk to people yeah so yeah i feel like you lose out on those memories you lose out on those
0: experiences yeah, yeah you don't really remember like i just sat there and uh talked to somebody online like that yeah. you know yeah. Yeah, like you know, no old school. They had the arcades where, yeah. you, you know, you you picture yourself being in there, mm-hmm. uh, have put in the quarter against the little arcade machine. You know, yep. Yep. like Lou mentioned, uh, a lot of people are going to the old, the old school phones where you know it's not it's not a mini computer. It's just like yep. a phone.
2: I've thought about it. I, I've thought about that, but I I still I still have the need for like email and a couple of other things.
0: There's actually a restaurant out here where they take your phone like uh before you go in. So really so nice kind of forces everybody to be in a moment and you know, not in digital space somewhere. <clears throat> I, mean, I think that's a cool concept. Um yeah, because it's
2: just it's just You don't realize how addicted you are until you start to like undo a lot of the stuff that you've grown accustomed to doing. And you're like, Oh, wow. I'll just use my phone for this. I'll just use my phone for that. It's like, like what don't I use my phone for now? And it's like, wow, I use my phone for everything. Yeah. Texting, talking, email, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the list goes on and it's like, like, do I need that? No, do I need that? No, don't get me wrong. Like there are, there are, there are a couple of things, a couple of apps that I still use from time to time, but they're purely for social purposes. Like, like I have an Instagram, but I don't really like post on it that much. I really just use it for the, for the, as a messenger app. Um, I don't use Facebook as much anymore. Like, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a YouTube channel, but I'm, I'm, I've got ways around that as far as like not using the app on my phone. Like I still have the, I still have access to it on my computer, but to me, I feel like the internet should be something that that you go to, you use it, and you put it down. Like having access to it twenty four seven all the time is just what did Kanye say? No one man should have all that power. Like it's too much.
0: It's, yeah, yeah, they, they're jacking everybody. We're already in the matrix, like a light version of it, like it's, a fantasy world, you know, pretty much. Like, especially when, once AI really starts taking over, you know, if everybody's on a computer consuming the quote unquote content, you even know if it's real. Like, how many of these articles will read? Hello?
2: Hold on, you're breaking up. Oh, he's he's freezing. <laughs> you should try the old school Nokia phone? I'll check it out. If I can get one, if I can get an old school Nokia phone. Nokia C twenty one hundred. 200 see that's a smartphone too oh kevin's breaking up we should stop calling it a phone yeah it's well that's why they call it a smartphone right it's a phone but it's a it does so much more it's smart now Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting time. Once AI really gets to a point where like deep fakes are just going to be really hard to tell from actual photos and then AI voices just get really, really good. It's going to be really tough to differentiate between the two. Kevin, you there? Computer, com- his computer completely froze. Yeah, I think, uh, hmm. I don't know. Oh, all right. Now I'm alone. It's a one man show. Um, what are we talking about? AI, well.
0: Yo, Kevin. okay, here we go. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, yeah, I don't know what happened, man. My computer just froze up, and you all right? All right, yeah. You can I, carry I, this, I
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, the one man show is uh is postponed for now. Kevin is back. Um, yeah. that might be a well, sign. We should wrap this out on. Huh? So, nothing much. We just we were just talking about um for briefly like uh not not calling phones not calling smartphones phones and then we touched on deep fakes and deep I don't know deep fake voices I guess or is deep fakes just the, the
0: blanket term phones are pretty much computers now like just yeah handheld computers yep but yeah man I, I think I think you know it's a good point to end it on you know sure, computers yeah. and out and stuff yeah
2: Thank you for everybody for uh tuning in this time um, really appreciate really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time
0: All right peace.